0: The Jan Bright Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guests are award-winning producer, writer, directin- director Justin Monroe, an award-winning artist, and the subject of this award-winning documentary entitled Holy Frit. Welcome to the show, Justin and Tim.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Great to have you both
0: here. This is a very exciting documentary. It's a, it's a nail-biter to the very end. Uh, it, it really fascinating. Justin, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what holy frit
1: is all about. Okay, well, um, Tim Carey down there uh, in the square below me, he bid for he and his company Judson Studios out of Los Angeles, a little boutique stained glass company, bid for the biggest stained glass project in the world of the biggest stained glass in the world and they beat out 60 other companies the biggest and the best except Tim immediately following winning the bid said oh crap, I don't exactly really know how to pull this thing off. So I have the biggest thing on my shoulder that's ever been, and I don't quite know how to make it. And so he, in a desperate search, went searching for someone that might be able to help him, and he found a maestro named Narcissus Quagliata. If you can imagine that. Yes. And um, and from there, insanity ensued. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to say the least, Tim. What possessed you? <laughs> <laughs> to do this to
2: begin with <clears throat> um to do what you mean to design something I couldn't make yes <laughs> Exactly. You know, what possesses anybody to do stupid things? I guess confidence, maybe a false sense of security, having, you know, been an artist for long enough to have ventured into places like this before. I mean, I had um, tackled projects before this one in different ways, murals, paintings, other types of commissions, glass pieces that I didn't really know how to do. Uh, I think I am a person who gets bored easily, so I like to set up a challenge for myself. And truth be told, I just really, really wanted our company to win this job, and I- um, I just had this gut feeling that uh, we have to do whatever it takes to make it happen. And um, if that means we set something out on the horizon that we have to try to get to come hell or high water, that's what we do. And that's what we did. And it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, because we got it. And then, um, you know, you're just hoping at that point that things fall into place. And they really did. The way it worked out, you know, Narcissus sort of fell into my lap. He uh, An advertisement for his class came up, and I didn't even know what was possible with fusing glass. So Things started to happen in a way that it just kind of like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to do something weird here. I'm going to quote Oprah because I just saw something a little bit ago where she says, if you set up challenges and know where you want to go, the 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 circumstances will rise to meet you. And I kind of felt like that happened here. It,
0: it, and it did. And it really yeah. did. But oh, my goodness. I mean, you went through a lot, obviously, because um, this is over three years, correct? The yes. creating of this. And this is the world's largest stained glass up. It's still the largest, correct?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a it's a question of who you're talking to. When stained glass is mentioned, it can be, you know, many windows surrounding a church. It can be um, an architectural element that wraps around or covers a building. You know, as far as I'm concerned, and I, I think most people would agree, as a single image, one large image, there has not been a stained glass window ever made that's this size. That's what I would say.
0: Amazing. It's just amazing. And it's absolutely stunningly beautiful, too you know, the, the finished product. Justin, how did you get involved in this project? How did this all come about?
1: Well, as one does, they just move into South Pasadena and just happen to be next door to Tim Carey. I did not know him. I moved into South Pass, and he was my neighbor. You're kidding. Uh, and no. I mean, <laughs> Serendipity. That's how and, you know, as neighbors do, you, you hang out, you chat about what each other does, you have a few beers, and then through the course of our dialogue, he found out I was a filmmaker, he was a stained glass artist, and he said, Oh my goodness, uh, we're bidding for this huge thing. And we need to stand out among the people we're bidding against. Right. And so he asked me if I would film a little promo video to go with their pitch to help them make, make them look cool. Right. And and stand out. And so I came down to the studio and immediately fell in love with the place. I could not believe what I was seeing and feeling. And so as they were telling me about this project, I just kept asking more questions and Mm. then asked, would you let me come and start filming? Because I thought if they get the job, they're going to, want this moment before anything happens. Mm-hmm. And so that that's really how it started. I, we just moved next door to Tim Carey. That's it.
0: Amazing. Well, let's talk about the Judson Studio, because they're, 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 everybody is a part of this film. There's not one one person, not one company that isn't involved in this film as a character in it. it, it so let's talk about Judson, because they're really kind of fascinating. Tim, you worked with them for 14 years, so why don't you give us a little background of, uh, of Judson?
2: Yeah, Judson's Studios has been a family run stained glass studio in Los Angeles since 1897. Amazing. Still going strong and uh, I just stumbled upon them um, because I knew somebody who worked there and I didn't realize that they even existed. They're tucked into this tiny little neighborhood in Highland Park and you would never know they were there but then you walk in and it's sort of like this uh, this sort of time work. You go into this old building with old cobblestones and all this rich history and um, they've been five generations strong making stained glass in this area for for places all over the world for churches and for secular buildings and for libraries and so um, when I walked in there I fell in love with the craft and and uh, David Judson the owner let me be a part of everything that was going on and I, I brought my artistic sensibility there and all that for 14 years we made a lot of magic at that studio and um, it was a great time in my life it introduced me to this material which I never even knew I was gonna love and I fell in love with it and so yeah Judson is a, is a historic place here in Los Angeles that if you haven't had a chance, they do tours, so it's worth heading over there and doing a tour and checking it out. Oh,
0: they do. Now, Had they done tours prior to this?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a historic building. It's it's incredible, and so people who know about it, or you can they do tours, I think they do them monthly, and now they have a second facility, which does all the fusing, which is not that far away in South Pasadena, so it's a it's a great place to see. There's a lot of eye candy.
0: The second facility, the one that's actually in Holy Frit, did they keep that one?
2: Yep. It's okay. still going. Yeah, it's still, it's going. still there. They're about about a a par five away from each other, about 500 yards away.
0: Wow. And I know they were very And Again, everything was at a deadline. (laughs) You're constantly at a deadline.
2: We we had to stop working on the window in order to get the new building ready. It was crazy. So we, uh, you know, we hustled and and did everything we could to push the city and to get the electricity in there and, you know, get the floors done and get our new kilns. So that was a big part of the drama was when are we going to get into that building? But once we did, we started cruising and it really helped us get to the finish line if we did get to the finish line. Line, which i'm not going to give
0: away <laughs> yes if you did get to that all right let's talk we can't talk about this film without really there's so many people um narcissus because yeah that was a hill mary pass i guess we'll call that i mean god definitely if we believe in god or whatever word you want to say the universe whatever word was watching over this project definitely watching over it, even though and and a lot of prayers i'm sure went up about this project
2: <laughs> <laughs> too. so no, no doubt about it. Yeah, Narcissus showing up onto the scene was just, was just incredible. I mean, because he's, he's um, somebody who everybody knows about when you're in stained glass, but you just, he seems like a guy that's way out there. And so when I found out that he was going to be in Denver, it felt really close. And the fact that that it was happening at the time it happened and the image even that he posted to promote the class looked a lot like some of the imagery I had in my window. So it just felt like, you know, I beelined out there and went right to him on day one of his workshop and said I need you I need your help and we hit it off right away and his way is kind of wild because he's a he's an incredible artist a maestro mm-hmm. a legend and you know he's done it all and been everywhere and had all these incredible successes but at the same time he has a lot of humility and he knows that the things that he has learned and discovered about glass that they need to live on so his his whole mindset was I need to teach you what I know so that I can live on and you mm-hmm. can teach other people and, and that's what he did he was this great blend of kind of uh, an amazing character with a lot of brash and wild uh, ideas, and then also this very tender-hearted giving person. So you couldn't draw up a character, I don't think. Justin, if he could have if he could have sat down and, and tried to create this character, I don't think he could have done it.
0: No, no. And but in this, you know, you did you did clash with him, even though he's the maestro. In this, I, I feel there was a lot of growth for you, Tim, through this process. There's a lot of uh, I'm going to just say this a lot. Lot of internal growth that took place, and some of it has to do with the relationship that you had with him, but also this project itself. So, we, do you want to talk a little bit about that for for you?
2: Yeah, no, I. I uh, you know, you see at the beginning of the film that I was very content in my job. I was very content in what we were doing. I didn't have any desires to go beyond being the, the designer at Judson Studios for my whole career. And then by the end of it, I'm launching off on my own, and I'm doing a whole new technique. And I'm, it was a huge transformation, and I didn't expect it. I really didn't, but you know that's kind of how life is sometimes. You think you're going to do something, and you think you know what you're where you're headed, and then something comes along and takes you in a different direction. So I think a big part of it was learning about what glass can do, and it sort of started tickling my fine art desires again that had been dormant. But I also think that Narcissus taught me that there was more in me mm-hmm. than just being a commission artist for a company and writing the name Judson on all my work. He sort of taught me that there's an artist in me that needs to come out, and he taught me how to be that artist by how to take things seriously and how to be committed to a project and how to how to go beyond what you think you need to do to make something happen. So I think he was a huge part of it. The project was a huge part of it. And then just my natural growth as a, as a person was part of it. But it's wild to see it all happen in a span of two hours in a movie.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Justin, for you, what was the most difficult part
1: of shooting this documentary? Well, first off, this was my first feature documentary. So everything I had done up to to now has been scripted. So I knew going in what the blueprint was for making Mm. the thing. I had already established my shots. I'd already thought about all the, the the characterization that needed to come out. I knew all of it beforehand. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So every day I showed up, I had to figure out what are they doing? Where do I need to be? And I had never, never shot glass before. I didn't know hardly anything about glass when I started. So everything was a mystery. So you ask what the most difficult part was all of it. I mean, I, As you see Tim freaking out on his side of the camera, I was flipping out on my side. And I had a few people that would come in every now and then to help me film and, you know, on the bigger days and whatnot. And, you know, I had enough experience on my prior movies, but I had never sort of like been the main videographer, you know, on this Mm -hmm. day to day and figuring out the audio. I was running the audio, too. So I'm like doing the audio, running the cameras, trying to figure out what to get. (laughs) I was I was a bit of a uh, nuts uh, a lot of the time. But, hey, man, it was wild. I had such a ball doing it for sure.
0: And how many years did you actually I know the project took over three years How many years did it actually take for you To film this?
1: Well I I filmed for about Three and a half years almost four Tim and I thought about it because I filmed for A year after they completed the window And because I wanted to see what was Going to happen right right? I wanted to see what was going to happen with Tim And all that stuff so with the documentary You're not scripting it you need an ending You don't know where it's going to end and so I, I had to keep filming until I felt like Okay I know how this story ends and then After that it was three and a half years of Editing That's what I was Going to ask you yeah, yeah. And then Two years Of festivals So we are Coming up on Nine years wow. Of this thing As wow. it's coming out Into the theaters wow.
0: Yeah. wow How has it Changed you
1: I asked Tim How it changed him. How has it Changed you I used to say I never wanted To do a, do- a documentary Because I love Trying to create The world And obviously When, you're, when you're, you're Doing something Scripted You want people To believe it It's got to be Real And so the Characters And, and all of it Has to serve It feeling real so we can translate into humans having a real experience. What I love about this, and I don't know why I was resistant to doing docs, because when something really happens, it really Mm happens. And when a character breaks, they break. When something beautiful occurs, it occurs. Quentin, his story was so amazing, the things he said, and I actually fell in love with it. And so I am no longer saying I won't do documentaries anymore. I want to keep doing documentaries and, and scripted. But what really happened to me is how often do you get to see someone truly transform in real time?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's mm-hmm. just not something we get to do right. as people very often. We're not around people that much. I was so embedded in this. I got to watch Tim truly transform, Quentin transform, and it was affecting to me. Mm. It made a lasting impression on me and so much so that I and Tim started another business together. Oh, what uh, is that? It's <laughs> called Vitrionics, and we are working on a TV show pilot, among other things. We're doing educational videos that are really fun and wild and a YouTube channel and uh, there's not enough to film because this is a brand new thing. Yeah. It's yeah. truly brand new what they're doing. That changed my life completely. I never thought I'd be doing that for sure.
0: Exciting. Well, so it's worth the nine years that you put into it and they get life-changing.
1: I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, you know, I have grayer hair because of it all, but, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, don't we all.
0: Tim, Justin brought up Quentin. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about Quentin because that is an interesting really
2: wonderful story. Yeah, Quentin is a guy that just happened to show up on the scene because he was in a bad way in his life. You know, he had been involved with drugs and was running away from home and he was having a lot of issues at age 19. You know, his background was as a car mechanic. He was really into cars. So when he stumbled into the studio looking for a job at the request of his stepfather who was David Judson's brother. So there was a little connection there but he had no skills with glass but what he had that a lot of people didn't have was the right attitude and he had a feeling of real desire to learn and to stay late and to work hard and to use the skills that he did have and translate them into other things and that's what we took advantage of over that time because we needed people we needed help as you saw narcissus and i were just kind of going crazy and so we were going through a lot of people in the studio people would come in and it's too hot it's taking too long all of these sort of things and it's hard to find really good people who don't necessarily necessarily need to have the skills, but they need to have the desire and the work ethic. And that's what Quentin had. So it's a good lesson for anybody that, that you can go a long way in a very short period of time, just by the way that your attitude, how far your attitude takes you. And his was amazing. He had these background mechanic skills. So he just dug in and helped us with the kilns. He helped us, you know, with a lot of the dirty work in the beginning, but then he started to learn some skills. He started to learn how the glass works. He paid attention. He stayed late, and he watched Narcissus and I work. And then by the end of the film, you start to see a real growth. And he starts making artwork, and he starts to really feel that he's got a future in this medium. And he does, and he's still going strong at Judson. He's um, Gosh, he's probably been there almost 10 years now, and yeah. he's running the place. He's doing everything that they need for him to do. And uh, it's really been great to see him grow and to you know, turn into something that... Um, is so different than how we started
0: right right you know and i think uh probably for everyone just having that um support and uh you know that vote of confidence to give someone if we invest in people you know and give them um the ability to feel better about themselves and believing in them, and they begin to believe in themselves, and then it just continues to grow, kind of going back to Oprah. Uh, It's kind of an uh, Oprah moment in a way, you know, Uh, and just that. And it was was an interesting, it it was wonderful watching that, because, again, it was another part of, um, again, the universe working in mysterious ways, Right. (laughs)
2: The archetypes, the whole, this, the story has all of it. It's like this ensemble cast and all these, these stories within stories that emerge, you know, there's so many different ones, but like you said, and everybody's a part of it and everybody's story is, is told. And you know, the church, same thing, right? You, you learn a lot about the people at the church. You learn a lot about David Judson. You learn a lot about business and the boss and the employee, the mentor, all these, these amazing archetypes that, that I think um, are resonating with people because it's, it's, uh, people can identify with a lot of these little stories and, and Quentin had to put up with me, which is not, (laughs) I was, I was not always a very nice person. Uh, uh, I do get a little bit uncomfortable when I watch some of the things I did to people. But, um, Hey, that was, that was a a badge of honor for him as well. I survived three years of Tim.
0: (laughs) I can do anything now if I can survive Tim.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's it. You know, and Honestly, um, Jan, what was amazing is that Tim, he didn't hold back. He just he just was him. right? And everyone just let themselves be who they were. And, you know, I think maybe it's because I was there so often that I just sort of started to disappear and they f- forgot about me. That was my hope. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch this thing play out in real time. I didn't want to just have a talking headstock. But they truly did just become comfortable And you get to see people be messy Mm -hmm. and I think that feels beautiful because it really, it really is all of us, right? It's really all of us. And to see messy people fall forward and, 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 and grow, I think is just such an amazing thing to be a part of and to see. And, um, I couldn't believe it. I, 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 as he said, like, I feel like I walked in to like our, an already cast movie that someone wrote and I thought, what am I, this is incredible. Um, It was truly a gift. It was a gift. Yeah, that's
0: a wonderful way to say it, Justin. It really, it, 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 it it's a gift for the audience, too, because there's a lot, again, for all of us to, we can see ourselves and many of the people that are in this uh, documentary and, and, and learn from it and grow from it. Let's talk, speaking of that, let's talk about um, Pastor Adam Hamilton, who was the person who got this whole ball rolling. Justin, you want to talk a little bit about
1: uh, Adam Hamilton? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, he was I was the most scared. I mean, I had to ask everyone along the way, "May I please come into your world and do you trust me, you don't know me, to film all the things?" And I was kind of terrified to call him because if he said no, I this I mean, obviously if everyone said no, it, it wouldn't have worked, but right. I, I kind of felt like because I knew Tim, we were kind of okay there. Um, but if he said no, then this wasn't going to work at all. Right. And and they definitely did their homework on me they wanted to know more about me and and i wouldn't say they were skeptical but they were wise mm-hmm. <laughs> to look and so i had to basically have a conference call with with adam and and the people that that truly work you know side by side with him and win them over and um and so you know there's this stereotype you have about a mega church i mean they are the biggest mainline church in america and now they're almost 30,000 people That's i think amazing. you have a an image of what they are supposed to be like, right? Everyone talks about mega churches, right? They are the dearest, the most real people. They're not the stereotype. I couldn't believe. I mean, if you think of a church, and most people think churches are just these really conservative, stodgy places, Mm -hmm. their church is like 50-50 split between Democrat and Republican. I mean, how can that happen in America today? And yet there's something about the place that creates a, a, a synergy that's just amazing. And and it has to do with Adam. He's He has created an atmosphere that's amazing. He is an incredible author. You know, he spoke at Obama's second inauguration. Like, he, in his own right, he is a – he's an impressive person. Right. He was so caring and genuine and authentic. And that pretty much blew me away. And, uh, I mean, Tim can talk about, you know, the process of working with him, but – he was completely trusting me to film all of it. He said, We're not, we don't want to have any editing notes at all. None. And I thought, Well, that's, I mean, you know, you wouldn't want to do it that way any other way, but it was cool of him to say that. So, yeah,
2: was- we well, also, the only thing he wanted was more cursing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> because the search, we don't have enough F bombs. Yeah. So we, we had to uh, audio dub a few of those extra ones.
0: <laughs> I'm really grateful that neither one of you used those. <laughs> I'm (laughs) supposed to give a disclaimer before I uh, interview that we can't really uh, say those words Um, (laughs) on the radio. And my editor (laughs) approached me and said, hey. There's
2: no way to get through (laughs) your project with all that drama without having uh, a couple of slips of the tongue here. Yes. But but it's pretty cool that the church, again, with all of that said, was still willing to sort of let us show the warts and all of of something like that because it is a real thing and you know we're not perfect people. We we you know we say things and we do things in a moment, but that's all part of growing and yeah. it's all part of living. And so 100%. I think the testament to them is they're they're like we're not editing you. We yeah. want we want people to see what this is really about. That's really great.
0: Really 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 fast because I don't have a lot of time left. But real fast, Tim, tell everyone what frit is. You know, holy frit. Oh, what yeah. is frit? So real frit fast. Is,
2: um, frit is ground up glass. Okay. Uh, it is. Um, no different than sheet glass it's just been pulverized into tiny little grains and so the way bullseye does it is they take their sheet glass and they they grind it down and then they sift it into different grain sizes so frit can be anything from a, a small chunk like maybe the size of a big salt crystal to a real fine grain like a powder and they just they sell it in different different grain sizes and so frit is used to create the painterly effects that you see in the window.
0: And it really is.
1: It's just beautiful. It's just gorgeous.
0: Real fast, Justin, where can people see Holy Frit?
1: Holy Frit is having its first uh, public L.A. premiere at the Limley in North Hollywood. Great. Starting Friday, and it's running all week there. Tim and I will be there Friday and Saturday. It starts at 7.30. We're a Q&A after and um, it's going to be a great time. We really hope to see you there. This is okay. an exciting moment to bring it home. Wonderful.
2: Okay. Thank you both for also, being on. this yes. Jay, Jay, one more thing. It's also um, in a lot of different places. There's yeah. a all over the country right now I think it's in it's in Michigan and, and if you go to holyprit.com you can see all the different screenings and all the different places it's playing now and coming up wonderful yeah.
0: wonderful well I wish you much success with this documentary it's it, it is everybody really you'll, you'll think oh how can that be even interesting but it really is fascinating so I wish you both much success and I look forward to having you back on with your next next project
1: awesome Dan thank it's you for having time. us thank you
0: you're welcome thank you have a great day thanks. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review, drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening.
2: The Jan Price Show, all about movies.